0: Good afternoon. It's like we got some young families here. That's good. Uh, I'm Brad Johnson, my wife Judy. We're from uh, Gridley, California. And, uh, we're just talking a little bit about how our family fits into our farming operation and some of our history of our farm. And so, we'll, we'll, we'll move ahead. You got any questions? We'll kind of go over those things too. So I asked my daughter Elise, she's the one up there on the, on the trailer, I said, uh, asked her if she had put something together for me in this presentation. I said would you kind of help me out with this? Because she has more of a, from her side of the experience. Um, So much of this is her creation. I've added some of my input and she also asked my other two girls to contribute their thoughts about farming and family. So it's a combination that you will be seeing. And this quote There is something to be learned every day as how to improve in the manner of labor so as to get through the work and have time for something else in Fundamentals of Christian Education 316. And also, in that same chapter, manual occupation for the youth is essential. We should so train the youth that they will love to work upon the land and delight in improving it. The hope of advancing the cause of God in this country is in creating a new moral taste in the love of work, which will transform mind and character. Like I said, this is this is our family. This is me and my wife, and then my three daughters. That's uh, we're just this is this year, we're picking cucumbers, and my wife and my uh, daughter and son-in-law, and then my grandkids, and this is some pictures, my my older brothers and sisters, and that's me. We'll kind of move along with. Some of those pictures as we move through here. So this is my comments, although my daughter put this up. Uh, can you balance farm work with family life? So my first thought is here is what is the difference? But I realize I'm seeing this from my point of view, and I'm one of I am the one mostly responsible responsible to see that the farm operates effectively. Others may see them as separate. Possibly where this starts is if your spouse or family has a different direction and the farm is extra or contrary to to what each views as a direction to take. If the family life is to be separate from the farm work and is the family life to be separate from farm work and farm life? I think that there is a question to figure out. The question may be in relation to activities other than farm related things like what else is family life? Is it modern sports or time to play and enjoy and learn about each other? In my realm that may be where the question is. If it is to find time to play and enjoy each other's activities then yes. The other I have not found much time for. Can we find time where the work and farming doesn't become all-consuming? In that regard, I think yes. As we go through this presentation, as we go through this presentation, but others in my family may think differently. We may find out from them as we go through this. My daughters are contributing to this topic, and I ask them to be candid about their experiences. A lot of family life is incorporated into the farm work life, and if a lot of that can be family life and be normal, then they can blend together. So... Here's just a little thing that came up as I was going through this, just to give you a little bit of of another perspective. If you're not used to it, you didn't grow up with farming, it can seem like a lot of work. My family would host exchange students, that's my family growing up. We would take in exchange students from other countries. One year we had a student from Costa Rica. We found out after a while he thought we brought him over for free farm labor thinking he was being taken advantage of until he realized this was normal. Now he looks back on his time here as one of his best experiences, and he has continued to come back from Costa Rica to visit us many times. That's him and his wife. A picture of them. So this is for my daughter, Elise. Give and take. The self-employment of farming gives you the flexibility to decide when you can take time off for important and/or family events. However, the demand of the plants and the land sometimes mean you will have to put that first, as well as as well working on holidays, etc. It helps if you have someone who knows enough to manage things while you're gone. The important things is finding balance in both, including family in the family and the farm work supporting each other, other each other in non-farming endeavors like hobbies, schools. they are very much intertwined. So we're picking this is my grandkids, my son-in-law. we're picking uh, sweet potatoes. So Elise says, on one hand, your business is typically where you live. Therefore it is easy to be near family and raise your kids while making a living. On the flip side, you, you live where you work, and so it can be sometimes hard to separate family time from work. Trucks will come when it's meal time. Harvest won't stop for birthdays or holidays. The key is finding balance and, and sharing share understanding amongst the whole family. My parents were busy, but they always made me feel important and supported. They incorporated a lot of family time into farm time and made time for recitals school outings, etc. It's almost become a tradition to dig sweet potatoes together at Thanksgiving time simply because that's when it needs to be done and that's when everyone is home visiting. The grandkids will tag along and help with whatever is going on, planting in the greenhouse, shelling popcorn, driving tractor, etc. So this is me saying this. Family for us was not always being together. I spent 30 plus years away from home for six weeks every year harvesting pistachios. That was 300 miles away. But Judy made the effort, that's Judy, my wife here, made the effort to visit and bring the children and make that part of our life. The demand for more income as our family expenses went up was in a large part to to pay for private schooling. I looked for multiple ways to increase our income. That is one of the reasons we kept our vegetable business going and worked our custom harvest business as a way to diversify within our business and yet stay within the realm of farming. The vegetables provided more diversity and flexibility to change crops as market changes and custom harvesting gave some income outside of our farm, but it has always come with the price of high demand for time and work. As now our family is out of school and on their own more, we are beginning to move away from those more demanding areas and back into more permanent crops with less demand for time and labor. This is just a photo of our harvesting operation. We're getting ready to go out the field with all these machines to harvest. And this is just a local, this is our harvesting operation at at home. But we just put a couple harvesting pictures in there. So I would spend time down in Bakersfield with a large ranch uh, working for them with our equipment. But sometimes we are being together all the time. You live where you work and you work where you live. And if you, you and your family live there, you will be together most of the time. One of the family jokes is, no one gets married, born, or dies during harvest. There is flexibility as a time to take off. Many types of, educa- types of education are important. And my dad, Chalmer Johnson would say, don't let school get in the way of your education. When my children were young, we could take time off with them from farming and do school, do school of other kinds, like several like several trips to Mexico. So one Sabbath I was in church, and I think it was after a mission spotlight program, and I mentioned to the man sitting next to me, whose name was Bill Baxter, Bill Baxter, I told him I would like to go to Mexico sometime, not knowing the ex, the ex- So i told bill i'd like to go to mexico sometime and i didn't know the extent of what that meant but he told me a little later he says well he's been looking for someone to go to mexico with him and what he would do is uh, he was retired but he was a teacher in mexico and a pilot and he would go back since he was retired he would go back to mexico to hold evangelistic meetings and so he said he's getting older he was 80 he said he'd like to have a young family go with him to help him do that so we we did that as a family, and this is some of our, our. Um, let's see if I got more on that, so we took several months off in the winter and traveled to Mexico with other families to help with their, with the local community, with evangelistic meetings and visit families there. We took our suburban and travel trailer and lived there, learning to know the people and language and spending time together. So working hard for a while in farming. And one of our reasons to stay mostly in a finished cycle of harvest. In other words, not harvesting something all the time for the market. We harvested between May through October and having time off in the winter gives us more time to do things in the off season. Again, this note, there is something to be learned every day as to how to improve in the manner of labor so as to get through the work and have time for something else. So we would get through the harvest season and we had a couple winters we could go down to Mexico to do this type of work. So here's a picture of us in front of the church down there. And then we had some baptisms while we were there. Um, this, uh, my daughter, I don't know what's happening with the computer. My daughters, uh, here's my three girls in front of a church down in Mexico. Um, we happened to, my parents came down to see us while we were there. And on the while we were there, we went took the time to visit people that work for us in the United States their families we went down to see one of the several of the workers that worked for us and went to their homes in the country that were near that area and visit with the moms and dads there and and this is uh, this is the Bill Baxter and the pastor down there in Mexico and this is we were going for the baptism and actually you know they didn't have seatbelt laws down there so <laughs> everybody could pile into a truck and we went down quite a ways below the city and had our baptism down down below the city so that just gives you a little picture of of that aspect Uh, and we of course we had time to enjoy and try some of the local produce with local farmers avocados cactus peaches Um, this this place we went to went that was a mile high it was a mile high city and um, they grew avocados had pine trees and avocados growing the same elevation Peach trees, those are some peach trees in the back. And so we had the opportunity to visit some of these little local farms there and see their farming operations. So Elise says, this is a, a kid's perspective. There's always work. Gain, she gained valuable work experience from a young age to carry into school and other jobs as, as she was growing up always having a summer job and school year job when she came home from school. There's always work. Sometimes you want just a moment to breathe and take a break from your other work, school, studies, etc. But there's always farm projects that need to be done. Farming doesn't wait for you. Like I said, the farming joke is no one gets married, born, or dies during harvest, though we have not kept those rules very well. Let's see. What did I do here? I don't know what's happened with this computer. It seems like it's getting a little weird. Of course, as children are born and the care of them, responsibilities change. But I view getting the children invo- involved in farm activities as soon as possible as the norm. I try to make them blend. I view as I, as the father, view my wife and children as one of the reasons I provide and work. But but being mostly close to home gives me the opportunity to be able to help in some of the home care of children as well as finding age-appropriate types of activities as they can participate, as they can participate in, they can participate in, and I do that as they, as I see those things when they're growing up. We homeschooled um, till they got to a certain age. I forget, it was like, you know, I don't remember how old, but that, we were, we were that gave us opportunity to travel too, because we we could well the lo- local school gave us all their schoolwork when we went to Mexico, so we just took their schoolwork with them. Some of our kids here, like our little daughter, homeschool through junior high school. Yeah, so it was a mix. We we did homeschool when they're little, and then some as they grew, and then we some went to the local Adventist school. We sent some to there, and, and then on through. It was a mix of things. language and yeah. science and yeah but you know we incorporate like our trip to Mexico, and, you know um I tried to incorporate it the subjects, you right know, out. not just from a book but out, you know, how many corner, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Artists too, how many left in the field and you know, stuff like that and plus the, you know, yeah, I mean, you've had, in California above the law is a pretty strict, so you have to have a program that's accepted so So it does become a stretch when the demands for both need attention family and work and with the timing of with the timing of farming activities at are at critical points it can be at those times I need to readjust what I think is important to perhaps not be so But at the same time, knowing some decisions can have consequences in what the cost in dollars will be and balance that out with family needs because money earned will also contribute to the stability of the family in the long run. I think that is a constant consideration to work through. One way I've overcome some of this is work harder and find ways to be able to hire someone to help and not have to do all the operations of the farm myself. This is my grandkids. So they're helping me shell popcorn, and this is when my grandson was a little younger. He's just helping me drive tractor. They're they're real they real anxious to help me. They come more. My kids were too. They were good helpers. But I the, the difference is in this presentation, we went from digital to to uh, uh, printed pictures, and I didn't all my printed pictures were somewhere else, and so I didn't have a lot of printed pictures of my kids so much. So I have pictures of my my grandkids. <laughs> So this is a, um, a bit of a quote that I kind of pulled this out because I thought it was good. It's taken from a book uh, by Neil Koenig. Koenig. Uh, you can't fire me, I'm your father. <laughs> so uh, my, my daughter says, being both family members and business partners, learning how to balance being family partners as well as business partners. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's easier than said than done. Family counsel is, imp- is necessary and important. So, so this says the elements of successful family business. The golden—these are things to follow. The golden rule, and I suppose you all know what that is. It doesn't mean who has—he who has the gold rules. Uh, honesty, trustworthiness, respect, knowledge and learning, cooperation and independence, excellence, not perfectionism, kindness, compassion, optimism money as morally neutral, forgiveness, fun, laughter, and play. And we'll get into some other uh, of similar list as we move through this, which I thought was appropriate as well. Elise is saying this. So she says, realize that while there are chores and helping, helping support the farm, farming is not for everyone. Certain family members may not feel may need to feel like while they may need to help out, they can have their own goals and accomplishments. Kids grow up and many have different passions. And like I said, out of 10 kids in my family, myself and my brother are the only ones that are still farming. I have another brother that farms almonds on the side as, a, as a, just a hobby, more or less. We have three daughters, and my family, no, I have one daughter that's still, that's with us now. She's the one that's writing this. She stayed home to take care of the farm while we came here. I have a, one's an intensive care nurse at a local hospital. She works uh, cardiac. cardiac care. And then I have another daughter who's a homemaker, has two the two kids. She lives in. In uh, Colorado with her husband, and then she she was physical physical uh, fitness trainer and um, massage therapist, but now homeschooling. homeschooling her kids She's right now. Redoes um, we, furniture. So Sabbath Sabbath provides one of the best times to take away from work and be together as a family. It is good to have this day as a constant, knowing God blessed it, asks us to remember it, and gives us permission, so to speak, to knock it off and remember what life is all about. So Brad, this is me. If you grow up on a farm, there will be work, hard work and chores. It's part of life. Some of them are fun and some of them are not but you learn a lot of skills. We had projects of our own growing up. For me, it was cows. We also raised goats. Some of my brothers raised chickens. Another raised pigs, and this quote about Israel. By the distribution of the land among the people, God provided for them, as for, dwellers in, as for the dwellers in Eden, the occupation most favorable to development, the care of plants and animals and we started running equipment as soon as we were able mowing disking running ridges to irrigate tractor work irrigating we participated in harvest and field work as soon as we could walnut harvest after school prune harvest in the summer as well as irrigating and regular chores yes so you said as soon as you could this would be one of the questions i have a five-year-old it's difficult for me to try and find out what's an age appropriate task and when did you start working you know your kids or well my experience was i mean it kind of blurs when you get older but my first experience of working that i remember and i mentioned it in here i maybe don't need to bring it up then now but we would we were clearing land and i was probably um or six years old and I was driving a tractor because my dad put blocks on the pedals and a block and a pad behind my back so I could reach the pedals but it was a big field I didn't have to worry about running into trees or stuff like that but he would he would let me drive it as an idol and my brothers would pull a trailer and my brothers would pitch roots onto the wagon behind me and I would just keep it going make sure it didn't and they just let me drive it and they would of course they were there In case something went funny or something, but I just kind of idle it through the field, then we could turn it to the end and go back. And so that was just my first experience about running equipment. And then from there, it just it almost seems like here's what I do. Like my grandkids come to visit, I'll run, I'll work with them on equipment. We'll take whatever I'm doing at that time, and I'll say, "Come on, let's go do this." And then we don't do it forever, but they have in their mind, like we drive forklift or we drive tractor or we'll drive the three wheeler or four wheeler, and in their mind. They're doing that, and it's almost like, I know how to do that. They get older, it's like, I know how to drive tractor, and they already have it in their mind that that's part of their life. And it could be something else. We'll take I'll take them out, well, if I'm doing, uh, planting the garden, if I'm working in the field, you know, is, it may not be a length of time, a long time. My little granddaughter, she'll go for a while, and then she says, I'm tired, grandpa, or she calls me D-Daw, you know, and so, you know, I don't keep them out there working all the time, but. So I say, fine, you know, it's just whatever they, they can do a part of the day for me. And as they get older, then we kind of just, and my daughter talks about it here. I'll, I'll move, move a little bit farther along in this, and I'll show you some of the things that she talks about. And I didn't, I didn't ask her to write this stuff. She just said, hey, Dad, I'll put this in. Maybe you want to talk about it. So it'll maybe give you a little bit of, so it's, it's not all the time. And you have to realize they're kids, they're children. They're not going to be out there, you know, working like an adult. You know, so you kind of just work with what you can. So, uh, you know, like for example, my little girl Elise, the one that helped me write this, she was too little to run my pickup, reach the pedals. So what she would do, I did the same thing with her. What she would do, she would is a big Dodge truck, so she could see between the steering wheel. And she would would lean up, look between the steering wheel. I'd say, come on, I was checking water. I said, move the truck up for me, and she would. Lower her head down underneath the steering wheel, push the gas a little bit, and then look up, because she couldn't reach both at the same time, and that's how she moved it forward. And you know, it, it wasn't dangerous. It just, I mean, she could have hurt something, but you know, she just kind of knew what to do. She touch it a little bit, and she wasn't trying to horse around or nothing, you know. So. so. That'd be good. Well, hold them back that they don't do right. you know, going to the thing mess up the equipment or well and, and, I, and, and maybe I'm speaking to you have to understand my husband when my children were maybe a day or two old it's a builder, right? so very <laughs> young so yeah well I'll, I'll, I'll mention some of those things but so you know here's, here's a simple way to say it I just kind of say love them and include them. So you love them. You don't want to be dangerous or hurt them, but you want to include them where you can. Now, this is just some fun pictures we took. They were help, we had tomatoes, and we just did a little photo thing with them. And they were out helping do some stuff. And then we, here's my littlest, girl, my oldest daughter when she was little. She's in here with us. We're we're picking up transplants, and she couldn't sit still, so she would go with us, doing whatever we had were doing. And so, and then this is just a family hayride, and these are my grandkids. We're going to go fishing together. Um, oh, this is my little, so right now, this is my little granddaughter. And my wife has horses. So this is what she's doing with her. Sorry, you can't hear it very well. pick some more up? She's five. I found that, like, you know, to school, you know, 15, 30-minute break, go out and do some training Outdoor work. They need have a balance. And you train them, you know? Then it's like, go it, you know? yeah, and do it. Yeah, and see, we're enjoying doing this. I mean, you know, this is, this is kind of smelly and not, but it's normal stuff. And we're just doing it. It's not like we're trying to say, hey, you know, this is work. We're just going out and, and they're, they're just saying, hey, this and is. Her go out, she like, she to come out. It's just normal, whatever you're doing. That's why being a part of it's not like we're trying to create a farm we just are we're just doing stuff you know so but there will be also there will also be play this is my little grandson on the left we're out irrigating um, these are my daughters um, up at my cousin's place in Montana so they have a big farm up there and this is some of his big tractor they probably took him for a ride and they're they're just taking a picture um, you my daughter says you have a huge playground at your disposal we we did find time to be carefree swimming in the canal to cool off building rafts to raft the drain ditch hunting and trapping this is me humping hunting and trapping and frogging and fishing and making things and doing things as if we were living off the land and building forts and tree houses we learned about raising and butchering animals it is not my first choice today but it was part of our life growing up I didn't grow up I grew up in the Church of the Brethren which is a little maybe not too much different but similar in some ways but just so you know so family involvement Uh, when we were kids my parents got us involved in Heifer Project it was part of my family's Church of the Brethren mission activities and we would raise goats for Heifer Project and give them away to needy families when the goats were big enough this is me my brother had a had a a pig project so this is me with the little pigs when I was little so this was a nice family project Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of heifer project but my dad actually went as a seagoing cowboy uh, over to Poland after World War two when it got bombed out and they took cows over there to help them get reestablished and so this is continuing from there we would raise goats and then we would ship them to other countries so families could have goats to raise for their for their food and milk. Crows. We usually raise pet crows every year, climbing trees at just the right time to capture them at the right age before they recognize you for anything else other than a way to be fed. They would return to the wild at the end of the summer. So here's, this is just me taking a picture from the tree after when I went up to climb and get the crows. <laughs> and then this is my dad this is my dad he's feeding the crow this is me when I was little feeding the crow so they just make pets we just make pets out of them they're fun to have in the summertime so you know they were pesty too but so this is a picture of my girls attending a safety training meeting for our new workers that were helping for harvest right here so we're just they're participating we had maybe you know a bunch of people there that came to to work for us and we're just including them in that process. They came over to help us out with setting up tables or whatever we are doing and see all the people that showed up and that kind of thing. Um, My mom's helping me plant melons here. I'm driving the tractor. Um, My kids, my little grandkids helping me plant some garden. They love going out in the garden. Uh, We had a wedding at our farm, and uh, my daughter got married in one of our greenhouses, and I found them over in my other greenhouse just playing in the dirt. You know, they just rather go over there. Um, so, and, you know, I was working with my grandson the last time they came to visit, doing some chores, and out of the blue, he says, "I like working with God," mm-hmm. and I did, it was nothing. I I thought, wow, you know, I didn't say anything to him. He just kind of blurted it out. I said, "Wow, that's pretty." I said, "That's that's good." That I I thought it was pretty neat. So, yeah, my oldest daughter, I started her driving um, our flatbed truck. Uh, I think it was the day after she got her license when she was 16. So she would help me haul peaches into the processing plant. I looked back and I thought, whoa, what was I thinking? <laughs> but we needed the help, and she could do it. At 16, she was a good driver. And in Montana, my cousins would drive at 14 to drive grain trucks. You could, drive, you could get a license to drive grain truck for harvesting wheat. And so I guess California is just a bit behind the times. So it's not, you know, 14, 16 driving truck and vehicles in our realm was not out of the norm. And that was driving heavy loads. Uh, You know, we're driving 16 bins and grain trucks aren't light either. You know, you learn how to run those, but you drive it with you. They, I didn't just out of the blue, make her drive a truck. She would go with me as she growing up and we're doing these things together. She, she knew what the, what we're doing. It wasn't like, oh, this is just a new thing. So, you know, from, from young, they were doing stuff with us. So, Ten Commandments to Make Your Children Like the Farm. Taken from the Family-Friendly Farming by Joe Soliton. And it's a great book if you want to get a good book to read. I thought it's been excellently done. Take genuine interest in, take genuine interest in their interests. Listen carefully to their thoughts and feelings, imaginations, and dreams. Applaud their achievements. Read to the children and listen to them. Listen to them read. Take a keen interest and active interest in their school experience. Expose your children to life's incredible variety. Give age-appropriate responsibility and decision-making opportunities. Set high but reasonable and age-appropriate standards and expectations. Correct mistakes without hurting feelings, give plenty of latitude for trying things, show understanding and forgiveness for mistakes, stick to appropriate consequences for irresponsibility, set an example of optimism about the future, speak well of work and its possibilities and rewards. So, this is Elise's words. My parents were very good at having us take ownership of tasks and making us feel like we were contributing to the family well-being by helping with the farm. Creating good hard working habits from a young age. We have home videos of me out whitewashing prune trees at three or four years old. Another beauty of family farming is you can give your kids valuable work experience that many kids these days have gone without because of labor laws and not growing up in a family setting that can provide it. So that's one of my rubs in the current Labor laws situation. Sure, there's a risk to hiring young k- kids, but the rewards are great, and so I don't know where the balance is in there. But we've kind of shortchanged our children in the modern with the modern laws, I think, by not allowing them to work until they're 18 as a as a hired work. Let's see. Yeah, with them with it being a home business, kids can work on way little. Yeah. That's right. So Elisa's words. Responsibilities and tasks that are age appropriate. You're never too young to be involved. As I got older I was given more responsibilities. I worked my way up the ladder so to speak. As a kid I helped with small projects and piecework such as whitewashing trees, pulling weeds, planting, etc. As I got older I started being more involved in the planting and the packing and shipping, then actual sales in the produce and interaction with the buyers. Farmers' market, markets, etc. Eventually, I got more involved in the office work as well. Until over time, I became the assistant office manager, dealing with almost all sales, inventory, shipping, management, paperwork, bills, and payroll. So this is Elise, my my youngest daughter. She's a jewel. There she is. That's a, that's another one of my brothers. He just came over to watch us pick. Uh, and then she's driving some equipment. So this is just some of her. Her input about some of our farming experience. So I didn't know my daughter. She she recorded this, and it just happened to come up when I was doing this presentation. But I'm, so I just left it in. So here's her. She's she's actually, if you can hear this, this is her in in uh, saying speaking up. us learning i'm sure there were plenty of things my dad had us help with and this is still the case sometimes where he could have done it himself and had it done way faster Um, but it's not you know always about that it was about the experience together and for me to learn a new skill as well as completing the task at hand he was and is encouraging and supportive and he left a skill ownership for our own hard work and pride and mastering a new skill. I think that's the key thing right there is um, giving them the ability to just try it out, take ownership, you know, and nothing that's time on them because they're learning. Mm-hmm. <coughs> they learn to figure it out. Yeah. So my oldest daughter, she, she. This is what she gave me for this uh, presentation, in the words. so this is the words of Amy. Growing up on a farm provided, provided me with many valuable lessons and tools that I still make use of today. She's the one that's the nurse. It instilled in me the value of family and the true wealth of hard work and determination. It taught me that I am capable of accomplishing anything if I set my mind to it and work hard to achieve my goals. It gave me a childhood filled with freedom and play. It taught me the value of good imagination. Growing up on a farm provided me with a solid foundation, a home to always come back to, and lessons, and skills to live a good life. Did you want that? So, here it's. Uh, this is a lease. We were paid age-appropriate wages for the farm work we did. Had our own bank account under parents and taught how to balance our accounts and manage our money it's never too early to start learning those kinds of skills my girls can give you so i'm saying this the my girls can give you an example of respect and priorities when they were little a rooster attacked one of them my mom their grandma they were over visiting simply grabbed it around the neck with a twist and said i guess we we will be having chicken for dinner (laughs) So my my daughter kind of related the same experience in this, but a little differently. She says, so this is Amy, Growing up on a farm definitely provides a child with a very unique and, in my opinion, superior upbringing. It is not without its drawbacks too. For example, I highly doubt there were many other little girls out there who wondered if they would share the same fate as a rooster if they picked on their little sisters at Grandma's house, <laughs> she came. I, I, maybe that ceased, that's the first time I heard us talk about that. Uh, in this, at least write it down like this, and I kind of wonder the impact of that. What my mom did, you know, I thought I was thinking a little differently, but that's how she thought about it. So this is Amy. One of my favorite stories is how my dad drove me on the three-wheeler through the orchard to my grandparents' house on the, the day I came home from the hospital. I'm sure my mom was horrified. I'm sure she was equally shocked when I was three, and she received a phone call from my grandma asking her if she knew where I was over there. I had decided I wanted some of grandma's sugar-free hard candy and toddled my way over for a visit. So this is... It's, it's still
1: a three-year-old getting... You've
0: got to, gotta cross, to you gotta, you gotta cross a ditch. Uh, wow. yeah, it's probably mm, a couple thousand feet, I guess. I don't know. Wow. So this is Amy. I still think of peach harvest when I look at the starry sky on a summer night. We used machines to harvest when I was younger. And I can remember working on the sorter machine when my, with my cousins the summer I turned six. We harvested at night because the cool air reduced the risk of bruising the fruit. I can recall being so sleepy I was convinced I was going to fall into the conveyor belt and roll right into the bin with the peaches, and at that moment my dad drove up. He took me to the edge of the orchard where the noise from the machines was barely audible, and all you could hear were the crickets, bullfrogs, and the babble of the canal water. We laid on the hood of his truck, still warm from the heat of the engine, and looked at stars and made wishes on the shooting ones. I was always determined to stay awake, but inevitably I would wake up hours later sprawled out across the bench seat of his truck and wrapped in his denim Levi jacket as the sun was rising. This was a summer tradition for many years and a memory I cherish. I still to this day cannot relax with a book and a cup of tea on a rainy day without first thinking about if it is knocking blossoms off prune trees and ruining a harvest or making the fields too muddy to drive a tractor and setting back planting time. She's uh, 31 now. So this is a book that I would recommend, uh, Family Friendly Farming. If you have not seen this, it's uh, it's just an excellent book on. So um, this book tries to address the why of farming and as has many good points as in the process of farming, for our personal development and our society as a whole. It may not be your total view, but it makes good points. So here's a few things I just took out of it, um, a few chapters, uh, a few pages. So quoting, Uh, one chapter where it's talking about some of the ills of society and solutions to it. He says, a real alternative is a family-friendly farm. The most successful juvenile delinquency treatment programs in the nation involve agrarian-based rehabilitation. Even without family, people in touch with plants and animals enjoy a soothing caress from life's hand. The Creator can reach gently into the human spirit through the eyes of a little chick or the magnificence of a fruit-laden grapevine. Also, another chapter paragraph, The capacity to care, to have a deep and abiding love for a place, is far greater in a person than a machine. A farmer can surely love a field far more than a turbocharged diesel tractor can. Even in a perfect world, the pre-Edenic world, God placed a person, Adam, to tend and dress it. A landscape devoid of people is not a properly stewarded landscape. You can hear some of these, see some of these uh, chapters, Ten Commandments. That's where I got that one uh, for making the kids love the farm, romancing the next generation, family development, a sacred work, multi-generational transfer just a got a really really well written book there so let me see here I've got uh, let me move on down so some other books uh, let's see um, I'm moving on down here yeah so anyway so I'm just about ready to conclude this but here's some of my own thoughts so this is some personal things I've written in here look and live eat and drink. So to conclude a few of my personal thoughts here as we've moved through these days I know all of you haven't been in this process of what I presented we've been presenting here every day this is our, our our sixth session here. As we move through these days here and through the real days of our farming and living it seems a bit muddy at times so to provide clarity My simple sermon to myself is, Look and live, eat and drink. So look and live. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so was the Son of Man lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. What does that mean to me? Jesus is where my looking should be, receiving encouragement from His grace in my mistakes and imperfections, and looking to him and his life to receive by faith and my model to exemplify. Eat and Drink Christ said, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life so to me it says just like plants grow by what they are given we grow by what we look at and feed upon Christ's life and words being the water and bread to eat and drink so Christ provides clarity in every aspect He is the lily that gives purity out of the muck and mire of life. In Romans 1.20, even though we can't actually see God, we can understand how He governs by looking at nature. It's been that way since the creation of the world. We can understand the regenerative power of God and His goodness by observing the things He has made. And now this, He has given you the gift of His Son, the greatest gift that heaven could bestow. And now if you connect with God, if you connect with heaven, you may in the name and strength of Jesus develop symmetrical characters, characters that are spotless as a pure lily that opens its blossom on the bosom of the lake. I invite you to take hold of heaven's blessings and then you can have a right hold upon the earth. I invite you to look up through nature to nature's God Let these things teach you the love of God and the care that He has for those formed in His image. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.